everybody. So we are the Hallmarkies podcast and we are here for When Calls the Hallmarkies. We're here to talk about When Calls the Heart, episode, uh, season five, episode, episode four, uh, Open Hearts it's called. And I'm Rachel and Amber is here. Hello everyone. <laughs> and Ruth is here. Hey, nice to be back. Yeah. And uh, so we're excited to talk about this episode. And Amber, what, what was your overall thoughts about this episode? Um, I feel like it was a big letdown from last week's, which was awesome, but not like the worst episode of One Calls the Heart that I've ever seen. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. Neutral? <laughs> Neutral. All right. Sounds good. Ruth, what about you? Where do you lie on this one? Um, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, I know. I mean, it wasn't as good as last week, but, um, but that's just a personal thing. Um, actually, what I noticed, and this is what bothered me, and I felt like I wasn't doing my job. So uh, this is this is what is. I didn't get into Twitter jail until um, until like after like long after the episode was over, and I was tweeting for the Fixer Upper mystery. I finally got into, and so that so I thought I must not be doing my job if I'm not in Twitter jail. Yeah. What and if it, they just like increased your jail capacity though? I know. I did have that thought. I thought that maybe that they were giving me more tweets because I felt like I was still tweeting just as much, but also we were, I know that uh, Hardy said that they were trending. We never trended where I was. And, and it's usually did. just you who makes <laughs> it I trending. I know. <laughs> So I just, I just thought, what's going on? I thought there, I know there was a lot, there were other, maybe there were other shows or maybe there were other things that were taking people away. I did not sense that there was as big an audience, but I'm probably wrong. But just, that was my sense is I did not seem to be able to connect as much with the Hardys. I don't know. Everyone that. was just so entranced by my live tweeting that they. Oh. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> um so yeah for those of us those that don't know twitter jail is what happens when they think you're over tweeting which is ridiculous like why wouldn't the app want you to use it as much as possible it's kind of a ridiculous thing but uh but it it uh, allows um ruth to live on the wild side oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah because because i'm i mean you know knock on wood i'll never be in jail in real life so <laughs> So for me, I thought this episode was fine, except for I, I thought it had a way too much rosemary shade for like her being like a nice person. So we're okay. Gonna okay, we will talk about that. <laughs> we yeah. will talk about that. Yeah. So that was my that was my. Uh, I don't know. Um, so and, it, and it, well, actually, we'll start right away in talking about it because. Uh, so the title of this episode is Open Hearts, and really that only applies to one part of this story. Does um, it though? What does it apply to? It applies to Carson, him saying that Sophia opened his heart to love and he's ready. That's where it comes from. But like, I don't know, really with the title, couldn't this have been called Everyone's Rude to Rosemary yeah. for No Good Reason? Like, that's what yeah. it should have been called. It should have been called like, Almost runaway bride or something like that. Could have been, Rose, been, should have been Rosemary's heart. Heartbroken. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Heartbroken. It should so. be like never try to do nice things for Elizabeth. <laughs> the episode. So it started off 
like with the rosemary shade from Jack, which I've never heard him say anything negative really about Rosemary. And he's like, once Rosemary starts talking, I never know when it's going to end. You're like, what? And like, let's, let's just like flat out. She's doing like a super nice thing for them. Can we all agree? Like she's planning her wedding in two weeks. She's designing her dress. She's making her dress, all the bridesmaids dresses they're making. She's like coordinating everything in two weeks. And like everybody is super mean. I, I, you will never get an argument from me about the fact that Rosemary is unappreciated and the best person in the universe. I will always support Rosemary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, what is their problem? I mean, this is a hard thing, like to plan a, a wedding, and yet she's being treated like some bridezilla. Ruth, Ruth, where are you on this? <laughs> oh, well, well, I, on, I do, I, I somewhat understand what's going on from Elizabeth's perspective. But then again, I've been a bride before. I mean, I did go through a wedding. Of course, I had over a year to plan it. So that was, that was a little bit different. But you don't want, if, I think what probably surprises me more than anything is that, Elizabeth really has some ideas what she wants. It's like she she never really seemed to have any idea what she wanted for a wedding and now all of a sudden she's jumping in and she really doesn't like that this is getting planned for her and this is getting planned for her and she's never really shown that before. Yeah, you know, it's like she's always just been fine go with whatever and now she's actually jumping in and saying, "Well, I don't like this and I don't like this and I want to do it this way and and um it's kind of like if I if I tell my mom I, we need, we need to have dinner in 30 minutes. Like, and my mom makes chili and I'm like, well, I didn't want chili. And you'd be like, well, she'd be like, well, you should have given me more than 30 minutes then to make whatever, you know, like you, you make what you have. For, and also I just, I have to, it bothers me. So like Rosemary's doing all this stuff and she's like, what do you think? How do you feel about this? And she's always like, hmm. Mm -hmm. to like to and she's just like yeah. mm, i'm so oppressed i'm like how about you express your opinions yeah. and even at the end when they're like we're gonna do it our own way and then they're not like yeah. so can you help me with this they're just like yeah. we're gonna do it our own way and but you guys are gonna do it right yeah yeah well and like the thing is too is that like she's not really expressing opinions that she doesn't like something she's just like for instance with the dress it's not that Elizabeth is saying, oh, I don't want a dress that's big or puffy or whatever. She's just saying, oh, it's too expensive. It's too much. It's too whatever when things are, when things are going wrong in the town. Like that's a different, like if Rosemary's then like, we'll make it work for you. Like that's not her being pushy. That's her saying, at least in my opinion, that's her saying what you really want is this dress, but you have these like financial concerns or, you know what I mean? Like, that's not her saying your opinion is wrong. It's her saying, we're going to make it work. I think Elizabeth just, I don't understand why she wasn't standing up to, I don't understand why Elizabeth and Jack weren't standing up to them in the beginning and saying, well, this is what I want. They're being asked. So. Well, I think it's because they don't actually want anything except mm -hmm. for they just want not what Rosemary wants. Like, it just <laughs> seems so rude. Like if Rosemary was like, here, you guys are, you can have chocolate cake. They'd be like, nah, I don't feel like chocolate cake. How about vanilla cake? Nah, I don't feel like vanilla cake. Do you guys even want cake? Well, yeah, we want cake, just not anything you suggest to us. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they should just be like, okay, Rosemary, you plan it. We'll show up. That's it. Two weeks. It'll be fine. You know, like it's kind of like the people, do you ever watch that show with um, David Utera, my fair wedding or whatever. And like, he's like remaking their wedding in like two weeks and making this super nice thing. And they were going to have this horrible wedding. And, and like the people that still like complain and you're like, Mm. <laughs> yeah right yeah, really i mean come on come and like on. if they don't care about the fuss then let rosemary be happy right. and the rest right. of the yeah. people be happy right. and show that they care about you right and plan it and not be whiny brats and her excuse right. like well i never get to spend time with jack how about if you just want to spend time with jack when hickam comes and is like come on rosemary needs you say um we're fine rosemary can wait Instead of just being like, you're right, let's get on the horse yeah. and complain about Rosemary. <laughs> because if you remember, Rosemary is the one who gave up her nice wedding to help the town. Like, she's not somebody who's, like, unfamiliar with the idea of compromising on a wedding. You know, like, she gets it. She understands. So, uh, you know, she gave up all of her bridesmaids' dresses and all of that for her wedding. So, anyway, that was the one part of this episode that I was like, ugh. Stop. Steph, what do you think? I think you need to defend the other people because we just ripped them to shreds. <laughs> oh, no, honestly, I mean, I understand, but I just, I, I felt like I wanted to, I felt like I wanted to pull Jack and Elizabeth aside and say, okay, just tell them what you want and it's going to be okay. Nobody's going to be upset. I mean, okay, they might not agree with you. But I think that Rosemary, it seems especially that she wants to do maybe what elizabeth wants but because elizabeth doesn't say this is what i want to do she's having to say okay we're going to do this okay if you don't want that then come up with another solution i know how it goes when you're planning a wedding i understand that you know you have to make you have to decide you know do i do this do i do you know do i make this change because this will cost less i want this effect but i don't have that much money so i need to make this change or whatever the case is and it just seems like that it, it doesn't seem like it should have gotten to the point where it did in the episode i just want i just felt like i wanted to tell them go stand up to them but it's almost like elizabeth's just like oh i you know i don't want to hurt anybody's feelings i mean i think that's it's well i mean i think to a degree she has that she doesn't want to create waves because she's not like that she I, don't know. I feel like she's always in everyone else's business why can't she be in hers for once <laughs> She wants, yeah. Like if it the only thing, the only direction they actually give Rosemary is like, I want to wear my mounty jacket, right? And then Rosemary's like, okay, we have to redo the whole color scheme. We're gonna comply with his request. But he didn't. Right. And he didn't even tell her. If they I'm didn't, sure have, she had to work that out of Lee. Yeah. If there wasn't the two week deadline, I would have way more sympathy for them. But mm-hmm. like, what they're asking her to do is really hard, and so of course she's gonna be like. We gotta we gotta do this now. We gotta meet now. We gotta talk about these. We gotta make these decisions. Two weeks. That's not very long. They should know with Rosemary that she's going to get in and do it. And if you don't tell her what you want, she's going to do it the way that she thinks it should be done. She's gonna do it, do what she thinks you want. And she and she's going to kind of go with her own idea. You know, I think we all tend to be like that. Um, If somebody doesn't tell us what they want, we go with, okay, 
this is what I do. So I'm going to do it, do it my way. I'm going to do this. And if nobody stops me, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you can't fault her for that at all because no. what else is she supposed to go on? Yeah. yeah Silent right. looks and dreams. Like that's. <laughs> yeah. It's anyway. so lame. And I didn't like that Jack said that about her talking, Rosemary talking. That was mean. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Like Jack's usually not mean like that. But um, but the war it, has changed him into a yeah, meanie pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so moving on to another plot thread in the in the in the episode is so the kids start to get worried about well, there's a really cute scene where Elizabeth asked Philip to be her ring bearer, which was yeah. adorable. Yeah. And I'm sure Opal will be the flower girl. Oh yeah. Those yeah. are the two most adorable. Can we agree? Those are the top two kids in adorableness. Probably, yeah, I would yeah, say so. Yeah, they're still yeah. they're still young enough that yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, super cute. Okay, so anyway, so she asks uh, she asks Philip to be her ring bearer, and then he overhears the other kids talking, and they're very worried that uh, Elizabeth will be leaving the school after the wedding. And I have to say, they're kind of right. Come on. Like, especially in this day and era, day and era, like when she has kids, she's not going to still be teaching school. Right. No, so, she's like, not. They're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and probably fairly quickly, like given birth Although, control. Although in a world where World War One didn't happen, <laughs> they might just like, she might just set up a daycare in the corner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, Hope Valley childcare uh, could be a, come a thing. I don't know, uh, but like she'll probably be like, Rosemary, please watch my child. And then when Rosemary teaches her kid how to like sing and dance and paint by the age of one, she'll be like, Well, that seems rather intrusive. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> when Elizabeth says at the end that oh, though that's never going to happen, it's like you're not really being honest with the kid. Well, I think my issue with the kids, this, this is something that I, I thought, I thought, Elizabeth, why did you say that? She's going to have all the kids involved in her wedding. Give me a break. That yes, is how free we- candle lighting labor right there. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have any idea how many candles Jack's going to need for his wedding? Like the only way they could get all of them involved is if like maybe they're all in a choir or something like well, that. Okay. I could see that, you know, yeah. if, if Bill organizes them, or Bill and Carson can get together and organize them into a choir, but I, I just thought that was, I thought that was a little, that was a ridiculous statement yeah. I thought for her to make. You don't, you don't make those kind of promises to kids. Yeah. And kids remember, I don't. they'll be like, you said, yes, you said you weren't leaving the school and now oh, nine months after the wedding, oh, you're yeah. leaving. <laughs> yeah exactly right 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 and so poor philip is worrying all day long all episode long and then we have abigail talking to gowan asking Mm -hmm. him to basically like rally around his rich friends uh which i I would be surprised if he's still like super up and chummy with his rich friends um after all of this uh that uh that anyway that he can that he will talk to them and try to get them to bail out the town, basically mm-hmm. get them to bail out the bank. Mm-hmm. And he says, I could give it a shot, but you got to understand it's a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> Gowan is just the 
best. Isn't he? No one else agrees with me. I don't care. He's the best. And I just am like, oh, so convenient. Now everybody's going to want to like Gowan again. Right. Not yet, because they don't even know how amazing he is. But right. eventually it's going to come out and they're all going to look like real dummies. And I'm going to look like a real smarty pants because I have never left the Gowan train. I've been the sole conductor, like yeah. choo choo Gowan, you and me with our coal running yeah. train. But this conversation, though, was pretty flirty, I feel like, between the two of them. Would you agree, Ruth? Flirty? I didn't, I didn't see that. But that. I didn't, but I'm not the one to ask because I'm not looking for it. Okay. Well, you'll see it eventually. <laughs> I was oh, just no. like, whoa, 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 everybody, yeah, can't you tell they're in love? Like all that They won't admit it to themselves yet, but they yeah. are. Like, I, all- I mean, seriously, I want Gowan to be reformed. I really do. I, I mean, I, I would, I could see myself. Okay, here's the thing. I could see myself being like Abigail and seeing the good in everyone. But I think the problem is I've been burned so many times, especially by men mm-hmm. in my life. I had two men in my life that really burned me, that I, I trusted them. Yeah. I put a lot of faith in them. There were issues. They said they'd changed. And I put my trust in them. And this happened so many times. So I think there's a part of me that says, okay, I want Gowan to be truly reformed. I want it to be something that sticks. But there's that part of me that thinks, is he going to walk, end up walking the same path again? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can understand so that's just me. That. That's just me. And I think a part of that is just coming from my experience. Yeah, no, I, I can totally understand and think that Abigail could definitely get burned by this, but I still thought that in the conversation with all that stuff about gambling and, Oh, if you're a mayor, then you have to get used to gambling all the time. Like, I felt like that was pretty, like, flirty. And I'm not saying it's a good choice for Abigail to be making, but I, I feel like she's getting closer to that choice. Um, but I can understand. Uh, I, I, I've never been as high on the Gowan train as Amber because I felt yeah, like... Yeah. I feel no like, one's as high on the Gowan train <laughs> as me. I feel like he can be a bad guy in very gimmicky ways, which to me, especially for a TV show, it's one thing for a movie, but for a TV show, doesn't make him all that interesting. That's because he's not really a bad guy. He is a good guy who's putting on a bad guy front to keep himself safe. (laughs) We'll see. Don't make that face at me, Ruth. (laughs) Nobody can see it, but Ruth is like, you're crazy. And I said, no. I know this character. This is this is a Pacey Witter. This is a Damon from the Vampire Diaries. This is the bad guy who underneath it's all really good. And they just need someone to believe in them and chip, chip, chip away at this cold hard shell. Suddenly it's a gooshy warm chocolate lollipop. <laughs> okay. You, you say so. Yeah, I, I think that's probably what they're going to end up doing. But I, I still don't think he's that interesting of a character. Because I just think it's all kind of gimmicky and not, I don't know. I'll fight you to the death. I I love him as a character. I honestly do. I have from the beginning because he makes things very interesting. Actually, in some ways, I liked it when he was a bad guy. I I really did. I mean, I really did because he added a lot to the show. I loved the fact, you know, I loved last season. I loved Jeremy Gilbo's character because Mm -hmm. you had... I. And I don't feel that we've gotten that yet this season. We haven't yeah. gotten that bad guy. 
and mm-hmm. and we need we need a bad guy <laughs> that's true they're, they're kind of trying to make this banker the bad guy but he's just like a total wimp he's 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 not he, he, the banker i if they would give him more of a part maybe yeah. he could be. he's just like hiding in the corner like oh. I, I i don't feel like he's had much interaction so get him out there and let's see what he's doing okay maybe then he could be a bad guy because right yeah. now things i'll be honest things are a little bit too nice in the town i think yes yeah. i know we have the money issue but that seems like everybody's going on as if the money issue doesn't even exist yeah everybody's giving credit just because Abigail told them to that that's yeah really not a smart business decision also i'm sorry um in what universe do we have to be like oh well you know this, we're having an emergency pottery need everyone <laughs> needs to be able to have credit with the potter i'm like no <laughs> pottery is pottery is not a necessity you guys right and what's his fancy pace doesn't even have his kiln yet because it wasn't delivered so why does he have to be in the meeting other than the fact that he's very handsome and i love him have to be in the meeting about extending credit the <laughs> only place that needs to worry about extending credit is the mercantile the the, the cafe <laughs> needing to take credit i can see yeah. um like other goods like we don't really see like a blacksmith or places like that but but uh, yeah, the the potter probably isn't essential. But um, also the dressmaker. No offense, Dottie Ramsey, with your need for credit. First of all, you guys are always giving away stuff anyway. Like anyone was worried you wouldn't let them buy stuff. Yeah, yeah. But and this whole yeah, this whole plan of being bailed out by the rich guys like that doesn't sound very likely. But I'm sure somehow it'll manage to. Uh, yeah. To well, my secret hope and wish and dream is that the rich guy who comes and bails them out is going to be the new bad guy who Ooh. no one's going to be equipped to deal with other than Gowan. Yeah. Oh, and it's going to it's going to make the rest of the people in the town realize okay. that yeah. Gowan's an asset. What if they end up getting Elizabeth's dad to bail them out? That could be interesting. Ugh. Hmm. <laughs> then I would love for him to be a bad guy. Could you That's imagine? <laughs> yes, let him come be a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Then I'm because, in. So we got we got a little bit of Elizabeth's dad mm-hmm. with him finally agreeing. Jack goes away and yeah. he gets the blessing from yeah. Elizabeth's dad. He's hesitant to do so at first, but basically he's like, "You're gonna do it anyway, so mm-hmm. might as well give the blessing." And it's kind of like, if you knew how much unchaperoned time your daughter was spending with this man, you would give the blessing so fast. I mean, he wouldn't give him his blessing, but he'd give him something. Yeah. You're saying you need to get married like two weeks ago, <laughs> two years ago. Yeah, two, yeah, more like two years ago, right? Yeah. So I that mean, was- I, I remember thinking the time that they were like in that cave overnight. <laughs> That they should have to be married pretty much from that moment. <laughs> yeah. Especially if they were ever like, oh, and we kissed. They're like, you were alone together well, all night unchaperoned and well, you kissed? Get married. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, I'll, I'll go back to what they always used to tell uh, when, when I was in youth group, when I was growing, when I was growing up in church. As long as you had the Bible, you put the Bible in between you. So hopefully they had a, hopefully when they slept in that cave, they had a Bible and they put the Bible between them and that kept anything from happening. That's, they, they always said that was the way to take care of um, 
those kinds wow. of things. Maybe that's I literally way. saw them have less than a Bible between them. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but Jack gets the blessing and that's very romantic. Yes. And, uh, and then we get this scene where Jack and Elizabeth are talking and she says, you know, you need to tell me about what happened in the Northern Territories. And finally, he then later on, he does open up to her about uh, what it was like. And uh, that, you know, he says, this can be tough for you to take or whatever. And, and I don't know, did you, what do you think of that, Ruth? Actually, I was glad, I was glad to see them do that. Um, I mean, it's not going to be it's not going to be what you might see from another network that might go a little bit deeper. I realize that, but mm -hmm. as far as when calls the heart, you know, I think that it was nice to see that there, that Jack's so well, Jack's able to communicate. He respects Elizabeth, what Elizabeth has to say, thinks about it and comes back. I mean, it, it, it was nice for him to you know, come back and apologize and say that, yes, you're right. That, that was nice. I mean, that, that mm -hmm. that's, you don't always see that from a guy, especially, I don't think he would have back then. Um, and the best line that he told her was, thank you for being you. I love that. Mm -hmm. But then again, that's, I think that's a, that's, that's a line that uh, I think that, that uh, the, the right line for a guy to say sincerely to me, that would, that would be a, that would be a yeah, good it line. It was cute. It was cute. And, and he was good. I, I think Daniel Lissing was good. He's, he's able to pull it off, I think, pretty well, the emotion. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, it worked. It was fine, I thought. Did you like it, Amber? Um, yeah, I did. Um, I'm a little bit sad that they didn't say, like, oh, no, he has soldier's heart, because that's what they called PTSD mm -hmm. back then. Oh. Um, like people were aware that there was, like, people changed after they came back from traumatic things. Right. Um, but they didn't. But, you know, whatever. I just think soldier's heart is a beautiful term. Yeah. Handled it pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, like Ruth said, they didn't go too in-depth to it. And I hope they don't just drop it as yeah. a storyline. Right. I agree with you. Right. But I also don't need them to go into it, you know, like, too deep. Like, right. I don't necessarily want Jack to have PTSD. Right. Go through all right. of it. But I am fine with it having changed him and made him mm -hmm. a little bit more somber and a little bit more yeah. you know you know just mm -hmm. wounded basically right. from that experience right. mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> so another plot line that we had going on this episode is carson gets a telegram which is always a bad sign in these types of shows and oh, telegram yeah. is never and never good but it finds out that his he's he has gotten a job for sophia uh, to work uh, to build a, uh, a, a, a building in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, so she's going to go and, and uh, yep. become an architect and it's pretty exciting. Uh, and now you must be devastated, Amber. I am devastated. <laughs> and if she doesn't come back, I will be furious because you guys know how much I love Allie Liebert, how mm -hmm. upset I was when they kicked her off of Chesapeake Shores. Mm -hmm. And if this is all that I get of Allie Liebert on this show, mm -hmm. I will riot. 
I know he says, and and I feel like it was pretty clear that like he's now ready for a new relationship. And I, I, I think the Faith Carson shippers have a lot to go off here because yeah. she she made me realize I could open up my heart. Mm-hmm. And no. so I, I I say no. Pretty clear he's gonna be starting a new relationship. Why would you say that? All I want is a love triangle between Katie Yost. Hickam and Faith. Is this so much to ask? (laughs) Evidently, yes. Because I'm pretty positive that he's going to be in a relationship with Faith after this. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Well, what I will say is, um, and I mean, I don't like that she's gone. Although what I will say, it was really, uh, is I did feel they were going way too fast. I will say that. I felt like that, I felt that sometimes romances like that that these whirlwind romances uh then suddenly they cool off so i i didn't i did want them to slow down i mean not that it wasn't romantic but i felt like it might be going a little too fast mm-hmm. but then i thought it was real i really thought that it showed um carson's um in many ways his his love and respect for her that he'd already kind of kind of fostered uh, by doing what he did, by going and realizing, you know, she needed a job, he could have been really selfish and just said, "Well, we're going to let her stay here. We'll have this whirlwind romance, uh, and we'll get we'll get married, and she won't be able to do all the things that yeah. that yeah, she I- needs to do." And so, if you, I really thought that the way, um, I mean, I I was impressed with with that aspect of it. Um, what I don't like, and I mean, I love the Hardys, but some of but the heart, but so many of the Hardys are assuming that everyone is on board with um, Faith and Carson being a thing, mm-hmm. and they're saying, "Well, he kicked her to the curb. Hope he did, hope uh, she didn't, you know, good riddance. She's gone. Glad he got rid of her." Well, that oh, isn't yeah. what he did. Did you actually watch the scene? You did you watch the emotion he was showing as she was leaving? Yeah, like yeah. I think that they're right in thinking that's coming. I really do. Oh it's yeah, clear to me. I but I but I don't agree that uh, that she he like kicked her to the curb. I I think <laughs> I it wasn't so. I agree with you. It was an unselfish, kind thing for him right. to do. Right. Also, where were all these Carson and Faith shippers last season? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Unexistent because everyone was too busy being like, oh yeah, Faith's going to be a new mom for Philip. I mean, come on, you fickle fiends. Pick one ship and stay on it. Yeah. <laughs> true, true, very true. And furthermore, they have not addressed Faith and Nile Matter having a relationship at all this season so as far as we know she's still like dating philip's dad yeah maybe well, they just but, all love andrew brooks which we wouldn't blame him well yeah oh oh definitely we love her too <laughs> well i think it was interesting that that they're at that you know elizabeth's asking philip about his dad and i'm thinking well his dad isn't coming back we know that <laughs> i mean i'm sitting there thinking this is an on it this this conversation doesn't make any sense why are you even discussing the fall? And then I started thinking, who on earth is Philip staying with? Do we even know who Philip is staying yeah, with? Yeah, that was weird. I had that idea. I thought, who are you going home? Where are you going? 
who are you staying with if your dad's out of town? But <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly have no idea. Like, if his dad went and got a job somewhere else, then why didn't he take Philip with him? If his dad's on a vacation, where'd they get that money? And are they like this? Would be fine with me if this is how they want to handle this situation, which is. I'm going to get so much hate. Kill Niall Matter off, off screen. Faith can be so sad about it. It would be interesting for her. Philip can be so sad about it. Yeah. And then Elizabeth and Jack can adopt Philip. Boom. <laughs> that Actually, I like that idea, to be perfectly honest. I think that'd be really neat because uh, I have a feeling that that should we get season six, season seven, whatever the case is, and you've got... I have a feeling, I, I don't know if they're going to want Elizabeth and Jack to have a baby right off the bat, because that changes things a lot yeah. for her. And if she were to, but if they were to adopt an older child, it wouldn't, it would yeah, totally, they could totally love come softly it. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> right. So. I don't want to talk about love comes lies later last in the series, Rachel. <laughs> um, okay, so then we have also these uh, dueling showers slash bachelor parties going on. <laughs> and so I'm sorry, but I don't know how anyone does not see Bill as like a super big bully in this situation. Like he was like ruling the roost of this bachelor party. He's making the chili. He's telling people who can come in and who cannot come in. Like, he was being kind of a jerk, I thought. Well, as everyone knows, I am not Bill's biggest fan, which is unsurprising because, obviously, I'm Gowan's biggest fan. Yeah, right. But, right. like, um, I was super duper mad at him. And also, he was, to Bill, his excuse for being a big jerk was like, oh, I don't know how you felt about inviting him. Spoiler alert, just ask him. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then like, don't have the, like, if you're only, if you're not going to invite everybody in a town like Hope Valley, then like, don't have it at like the central pub where everyone is coming and going and like, everyone's yeah. going to know, you know, like you have it at somebody's house or whatever. Right. Like my mom raised me to even invite the weird kids to my party. If I was inviting <laughs> most everybody, yeah. if they're going to find out and feel bad that they were excluded. Um, then you should probably invite them. Yeah. And yeah, and so then there's also this scene um, with Elizabeth getting the uh, something barred, something blue, something yeah, everything yeah, yeah, from yeah. Uh, all the women, and that was very yeah. sweet. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Very, very nice. Um, and uh, uh, it, it looked like she got some pretty nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An episode we forgot to say. So Leland asks Jesse uh, mm-hmm. if he thinks that Gowan is a good worker for this promotion that Gowan wants. And I felt like Jesse gave a reasonable answer to the question, yeah. you know, explaining right. that this is a certain amount of labor that's required. I've seen other people that are more qualified that work harder, whatever. And so that was totally, totally reasonable, I think, for him to answer the question as honestly as he could. And but then so Gowan gets very upset about this. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's like done him wrong or whatever. And he decides to confront Jesse in the middle of the street and be mm-hmm. like, hey, I know what you did. And so I think that his 
if he really wanted to talk to Jesse about this, this was not the best way to go about this conversation. <laughs> I um, think he okay, put him on the defense and immediately uh, yeah, made right. him th feel threatened. Let Ruth go first and then I'll I was just going to say, but remember, Gowan is, tact is not something that Gowan does well. No. I mean, I'm not trying to put him down, but he's not tactful when it comes to those kinds of things. If he gets, if he gets upset about something, I mean, I could think of many times he's, he, he, when he talks to people or people confront him or he confronts them or whatever the case is, he, he tells it exactly like he is unfiltered. This is, but he is a businessman. So he should understand if Jesse were to say to him, I gave an honest answer as a supervisor to my boss of what I thought in this situation. Is that what he said? No, but Jesse's he response? confronted him in a way yeah. that was made him be very defensive. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's take it back. <laughs> Gowan doesn't get this promotion that he applied for. Right. Gowan suspects that mm -hmm. Jesse blocked it maliciously. Mm -hmm. He feels yeah. like he deserves a chance at this position, mm -hmm. but he doesn't know that Jesse did it. So he right. walks by Jesse and he's like, you know what? I'm going to try this assumption and see how he acts. Mm -hmm. And he goes, mm -hmm. I know what you did. And Jesse immediately is like, I didn't do anything. I've never done anything before in my whole life. And Gowan's like, so you did something. And he's ah. like, you blocked my promotion. And then Jesse's like, ha, ha never would I ever say anything bad about you. It was obviously Leland's fault, which is ridiculous. And then when Clara comes up and is like, leave Jesse alone. He has, you have no business talking to him. I'm like, frankly, if he has an issue with Jesse, she, he should talk to Jesse about it and not go talk to Lee Coulter. But not in that way. Like the way that right. he approached it was just asking for trouble. He was very confrontational instead of saying, hey, can we have a man-to-man -man sit down? We'll have dinner, whatever. We'll talk about it. Talk about what you said. Have a beer, whatever. Like it was not in a way that was going to produce a productive conversation. Rachel, what you're forgetting is Gowan is a scrappy street kid at heart. Like you're <laughs> exactly. not going to get mad at like a skinny dog for barking at you because you're trying to take away its T-bone. Like True. Gowan's got nothing. And he's right. like, uh, I think you did this. And then Jesse's like, I'm confirming that I did this. Even though technically Jesse didn't do anything wrong. He right. was acting like he did right. something wrong. But he's also supposed to be this great negotiator and this great businessman. That's why Abigail is going to him. You're the guy who can make deals or whatever. And this is not how a great deal maker has this kind of conversation. But tell that to Tony okay. Vlachos, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I think that he's a great negotiator if he's with his kind of people. Jesse is not necessarily Gowan's type person. I mean, you wouldn't, they're, they're, they're different, different classes of people, I think I would say. I just, and, and so for the things that are really, that Gowan knows about, I mean, it comes to business, yeah, he can negotiate business deals, no problem. This kind of thing, he's being put in a very, difficult position for him I mean, imagine it here's this guy gallon who's been has all this money he's been a businessman all his life yes yeah, so then he makes some mistakes 
and he ends up doing this 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 dirt this dirt job that like nobody wants to you know nobody really wants to do but he's having to he's getting thrown into the same class as all the poor people it's got to be hard it's not you can't just automatically change your focus this yeah. is the thing that also drives me crazy about Jesse. And anytime he's on the screen, it makes me super mad. Um, <laughs> literally, Jesse came into town and was part of a bunch of robbers who were trying yeah, to rob right. the bank. He literally right. did not have any redemption time or anything. He right. was a bad guy for right. the whole time. And yeah. no one in the town is like, oh, well, he has to pay for his crimes. He has to do anything. Everyone's just like, Jesse gets a pass. So then they decide, Jack and Elizabeth decide to have this, uh, they decide that they're tired of all of these decisions, of all of this stuff. There's this whole, like, do you like marigolds or daffodils or, or, or daisies? And that seems to be the final straw for Elizabeth is the flower debate. And, uh, and, and so anyway, she says, they said, oh, we're going to go, we're going to elope. And, uh, and so this is going to be their way out or whatever, which is like super kind of rude, like for them to think yeah. about eloping because they like their friends would have already spent quite a yeah. bit of money on right. fabric and whatever else. And I mean, in a two week wedding, like you probably already bought most of the stuff I would think yeah. and put in all of this work. And so, but anyway, they're thinking they're going to do this. Of course, they're really not. We all know this. Well, As they're going to leave, they find out Philip is gone yeah. and they need to find Philip. And this is where Elizabeth tells him, oh, I'm not going anywhere or whatever. And it's like, mm, no, you really, you're not being honest. Um, and, uh, and then they have this final meeting where they're like, look, this is our wedding and we want to do it the way we want to do it, whatever. And, and then basically it ends up exactly the same at the end of the meeting as where they started. And, and Leland's like, well, that lasted five seconds. Yeah. And there you go. Right. So I don't know. But did you, what do you think of this whole loping idea? Pretty much the same as you. Like, yeah. It's fine to want to elope because you don't want to deal with the hassle. But frankly, her not making it, first of all, them being like, do you want daisies or marigolds? And her being like, uh, was irritating. Like, why can she not make a choice? And I'm starting to see why it took them five years to get married <laughs> because neither of them have any opinions or can make choices said, other oh, than about other people's lives. But I, um, whatever. She said that, oh, I want roses. Well, then don't have your wedding in two weeks because right. if you want to have your wedding in two weeks, then you have to accept whatever two flowers are available. And you're like, okay, you know, <laughs> able to plan a wedding in two weeks. And you, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the only re reason that they could even have a wedding in two weeks is because of Rosemary. Yeah. Because if sure. Rosemary were not there, nothing would be happening no decisions would be made and and they would just kind of be sitting there saying oh yeah we're gonna get married in two weeks okay <laughs> yeah yeah it's really so and and the thing is you especially back then you typically only got married once that was the normal thing i know it's changed yeah. a lot in today's society but if you're going to get married, 
you don't want you don't want the memory of well we eloped because elopement back then also carried a stigma of yeah well we we had to rush for some reason there okay but like i mean seriously yeah. they are just like putting up every red flag that they yeah. are yeah. in the family way i, I know i know it's I, like I, jane austen when they like oh they have to go go to scotland they go to, to gretna scotland. green yeah green. they, they want to get married over the stone in gretna green yeah. i mean i know what that means yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway so are we excited about the wedding episode next week is that gonna be fun no frankly well. <laughs> I am, but um, I, 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 I will be honest, the thing I'm really tired of is I'm tired of seeing, and I, and I know Hardy's probably wouldn't like me saying this, but I'm really tired of seeing the wedding invitation pop up all the time on Twitter because I've looked at the wedding invitation and I just keep thinking they wouldn't invite me. I know they wouldn't because they wouldn't want someone like me at the wedding. <laughs> because <laughs> definitely not invite me if they didn't invite I, Ruth there's no hope for Amber and I <laughs> I'm gonna be gallons plus one and we're not gonna get invited so it's there fine right right yeah uh, and, and what I because because so I'm a little bit tired of seeing that pop up and but now I, what I'm excited about though is it looks like that's when we see um our pastor come back to yeah I'm assuming yeah that in the wedding ceremony so that is i'm i'm excited i'm i'm glad to see him come back at least it looks like he'll be doing that and you know, that's what'll happen i'm kind of looking forward to it. i like a, a a good wedding episode on a show it's if, always yeah if, it, if, it's, if it's a good one i i'm i hope i mean i love I I've, I've never seen a bad wedding episode of a show have we i don't know i, I, I feel I, like it's just going to be i can just feel i can just feel Elizabeth and Jack irritating me by not liking something. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, mm, well, I hate this, blah, 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 blah. And not in a fun way like Jim and Pam did, where they secretly eloped and got married. And oh, spoiler yeah. alert for The yeah. Office. Somebody <laughs> show a picture that like Jack's brother comes to the wedding or something like that? Oh, yeah. And Jack's brother comes, that could be interesting, especially saw, if Julie's there. I know. I, I've been actually thinking, where is Julie? Did Is Julie still in the town? I can't imagine she would go back home. You know, I don't know. What I do know is that on the lead sheet for next week, Julie's name is there. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. So, so that, I mean, that's kind of a spoiler alert, but I don't Well, care. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was expecting she would be there, but yeah, somebody, I saw a tweet that somebody, and they had a picture to go with it that showed that Jack's brother came back. So it might be really interesting to see, um, that could make for a very interesting thing. If he comes back and if he and Julie rekindle anything, I, or him in faith. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, oh, that would be really, that, that could be really interesting. I'm not going to have Carson say, I could open my heart now. Like if you, if you, there's not, right. there's some kind of romance up ahead yeah, yeah. for Carson. Like he wouldn't yeah. say that. That would be weird. Stop it. Like he's, uh, what is he opening his heart to like being a better doctor? I mean, that. Yeah. Yes. He's, that's 100% what he's doing. The end. No, yeah. that's well, not going to happen. 
This, okay, but the thing for me is when I think about Faith and Carson, I guess I think about the two actors and I think about that they're, I would not normally have matched them up because their ages, you know, she's a lot younger than he is. I guess that was a thing back then though, so I shouldn't really yeah. think about it being, but it's just, I, 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 I mean, I would have even been willing for him and some of the other widows that are hanging around even. Oh, um, like him and Dottie or somebody like that. Yeah, something like that. I think that would have been interesting or, or, um, or. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, because. It was Mary Shade. I thought this was an okay episode. It was fine. Oh, yeah. uh, it was entertaining. It was better than the, um, that filler one, the couple. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Ruth, where can people find you? I can be found on my website, which is mydevotionalthoughts.net. And I can be found on Twitter and Instagram, Ruth Hill 74 and Facebook. If you, under my devotional thoughts, you can find me. Sweet. Great. Enjoyed this week's podcast, our regular podcast, uh, where we did the Mary Madness brackets with our friend, Hull Remark, Emma from Hull Remark. And uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. And we want to know what your brackets are and what you picked as your final uh, your final winner. Uh, please let us know in the comments or on Twitter. Make sure next Monday we are going to have a special interview with Tammy Gillis. We're really excited. Uh, and that should be a lot of fun. And we also have this weekend coming up on Hallmark. We have a show, The Sweetest Heart that is going to a, a new movie, The Sweetest Heart, which should be really fun that Andrea Books is in. And, and Tammy uh, Gillis. And Tammy Gillis. So we'll look forward to that. And then on Sunday, we have our big wedding episode of When Calls the Heart. And so we'll, be, we'll have a lot of fun next week covering that. Sure that you're following the podcast, Hallmarkies Pod on Instagram, Twitter, other social media we post every day. And, uh, and that would be great. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Amber, where can people find you? Um, as always, people can find me. I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter, and that's it. Awesome. And you can find me at Smiling LDS Girl on social media and at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. So make sure you check that out. I have my video on Wrinkle in Time, and uh, I'm going to be seeing Tomb Raider. So it should be a lot of fun stuff coming up on my channel this week. So please make sure to subscribe to that. So thanks so much, you guys. Really appreciate it. This was fun to talk about. And uh, we will talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.